Welcome to CBJ in 30, the official podcast of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McElligot. For the first time ever, ever, I am coming to you live from Europe, more specifically, Finland. More specifically, Helsinki, Finland where the Blue Jackets traveled after their game yesterday afternoon against the New Jersey Devils to get ready to play back-to-back games against the Colorado Avalanche on Friday and Saturday. Yes, we made it to Finland, and what a trip it was. As Jody Shelley has said several times today, it feels like three days turned into one. It's been like the longest day ever. absolutely the longest day ever. And that all started with the game yesterday in New Jersey, which was not a good game. We all know that. Let's just get this out of the way right now. 7-1, to the Blue Jackets lost that game to the New Jersey Devils. They were in it after one. They were trailing one to nothing. Elvis Merzlikens was fantastic during the first period of that game yesterday afternoon. And then, as they say, the wheels came off the cart. And the Blue Jackets... Didn't help Elvis. In some regards, Elvis didn't help himself. And before it was all said and done, the Blue Jackets had lost the game by the final of 7-1. to Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking. A lot of you have already sent me questions. A lot of you have uh, had similar opinions on all this stuff. Uh, so I know. I mean, you're 3-7. and seven. I, I, I know what's going to happen here. I know what your thought process is. I know what your approach is going to be today in many cases. I do, and that's fine. That's fine. So if you have an approach or if you have something you just cannot wait to say, if you haven't already sent me your question on Twitter at Bobby Mac Sports, if you haven't emailed me, bobbymack at bluejackets.com, if you've done none of those things and if you're live with me on Twitter Spaces right now, and you want to ask your question live, you're more than welcome to do that. All you have to do is request to be a speaker, and you can be on the show. You request, I bring you on, you ask your question, I give you my answer. It's really that simple. It really comes down to the simple things in life. And that's what I'm all about today, because we're just trying to get through today. The simple things. Just trying to trying to get acclimated to the time change and all this stuff. So I would love to have you ask me your question. We asked plenty of questions of the Blue Jackets last night. They had a players-only meeting after the game. The door to the dressing room was closed for a long time. And they should have a players-only meeting after that game. Not just that game. It's the last three. It's losing to to, uh, Arizona, 6-3. to then losing three nights later to the Boston Bruins 4 to nothing, and then two days later getting pumped by the New Jersey Devils 7-1. to It's three games in a row. It's a lot of goals against. It's a lot of mistakes. It's very few goals for. There are issues. There's no question. There are issues. No doubt about it. And the Blue Jackets are dealing with those issues as they continue on this trip. But it was not fun yesterday. It wasn't fun for anybody. 
by any means. So we asked questions after the game to the players, after the dressing room opened. And none of them would be specific about what was said in that meeting, and nor would I ever expect them to tell any of us what happened in that meeting. That's between them, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. But when we started to ask the questions, then there were answers. And one of the answers I pulled is from the Blue Jackets head coach, Brad Larson, when he was asked about the game against the Devils. And, you know, what you're trying to find out is where does the blame lie on what's going on right now? Where does it lie? What's what's going on? And I thought that Brad Larson had a, a really good answer to that question. There's no cliches here. We we, we got to get back to the to the root of this team here, and, and that's my job. This this is solely on me. That's your job as a head coach to make sure these guys, no matter what stage you're at, you don't have comments. I'm there to help. Them. I have to help them. If we're not defending well, we got to defend better. If we're not scoring goals. We got to find way to score. That's on me. I'm the head coach. We got to make sure that I get them better prepared for this. This one's on me. So that's Brad Larson after the game yesterday. The key words, this one's on me. And we talk about this all the time. You know, a lot of you like to ask about the the role of a coach in motivating. Listen, I think you know where I stand. If you've listened to me for a long time, you know where I stand. That is that a player should be motivated to go out and play in the National Hockey League. Without question, a player should should be motivated to do that. Do I think it's really the role of a coach to be motivating at this level? You know, I I think that's a little bit overrated. I think the player has to put a lot of onus on themselves. But anyway, that's what I think. He thinks differently in this case. He thinks that he does need to be that guy that is putting the onus on the players, and so therefore – he is going to take the blame for that. And that's fi- that's fine. That's his prerogative. He's the head coach. Um, and I don't mind it either because I don't mind that he came out and he just, you know, what kind of cliche do you want to use? Fall on the sword, right? I mean, that's that's part of the job sometimes, and that's part of what you do. But uh, it was more than the coach not having players prepared. It was more than... You know, mistakes being made by one or two people. This this was a uh, this was a a full scale problem all the way around for the team, and uh, it wasn't one guy, it wasn't two guys. When it was all said and done, it was nineteen guys. And I normally would go with twenty, but Daniil Tarasov never played, so I'll give him a break. I'll take him off the hook. This was a 19-player situation, not a one-player, not a two-player. And all three games, I'm not just talking about the one yesterday. I'm talking about the last three. This has been a group effort, and it's something that they have to very quickly figure out. I figured out that I can go to Twitter spaces, and I can add Paul as a speaker, and Paul can ask his question of me, and that's what Paul's going to do right now. Hello, Paul. Hey, Bob, how's things in Finland for you guys? Well, uh, it, it's dark because we're six hours ahead of you, so 
you guys are doing this at one o'clock in the afternoon. You still have most of your day ahead of you and it's seven o'clock at night here. And, uh, it's been a long day of getting here, but after all of that, Paul, guess what? It's fantastic. Not, I mean, take away the, the game experience. We all still feel bad about that, but you know, we started the day, um, well, actually after the game last night, we were getting on a plane in New York and now we're in Finland. So, uh, look, not many people get to do this, and very few, or even fewer, get paid to do it. So uh, yeah. I, I'm very appreciative, and I know the players are too. So um, uh, ups, upset about what's I'll, gone on the last three, but feeling uh, feeling good about being here. How's that, Paul? Oh well, no, I hear you there. Before I know a lot of people. Oh boy, CBJ Twitter was a was a wreck last night, and I know a lot of people have strong feelings about what's going on with the team and, and the losses and, you know, rightfully so. I can't necessarily remember a, a three or, you know, you throw in the, the Pittsburgh 10 game, you know, four games where the Jackets were kind of just dominated. I, I like that. I, I can't remember a time when that had happened, but, you know, I'm trying to, I want to put things in perspective for the fan base and maybe you're right there with me on this. Um, you know, they're three and seven. They've played 10 games. There's 82 games. They're an eighth of the way through the season. If your favorite football team in the NFL started the season 0 and 2, would you be calling for the coach's head? Some people would. I don't yes. think some I'm people not would. Sure you would. No, some people would. That's that's sports today, Paul. And I and I, I'm not defending those people I, because I think it's ridiculous. But that's that's just what it's kind of turned into. I mean, it's. Uh, it's gotten it's gotten a lot meaner. It's gotten less friendly over the last couple of years. And I'm not knocking to anybody. I mean, you're yeah. everybody's entitled to their to their opinion. But I'm just saying, you you asked the question at zero and two. Would some people say in the NFL get rid of the coach? Some would. Quite frankly, they uh, would. It's a shame that they would do that. You know, I think people we got to take a deep breath and let the boys try and figure it out. Maybe this is, uh, you know, maybe the trip over there is going to be a nice. A great reset. Who knows? Right. But the guy's got a new month coming up. October October wasn't great. Maybe November's going to be a lot better. I don't think it's fair. Paul, I don't think it's fair when you have to play the Devils at Halloween. I just don't think that's fair anyway. Like, it's it's their day, right? <laughs> Good point. I mean, they have all the momentum at Halloween. Um, anyway, you know, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, I... Look, we're going to find out. We're, we'll figure we'll figure out um, after the Friday and Saturday games if this is a turning point of any kind that we can look back at later in the season. Yeah. Um, but you know, right now it's um, you know there, there's a lot of frustration, and and it's for a lot of reasons that I'm sure I'll cover as this entire show goes on. But you know, I I look, I appreciate your support and, and being there for everybody. And you're right; it is still early in the season. Um, it, it is early in the season, but there are some other things that are, you know, glaring problems that everybody knows has got to get corrected. So in, in many ways, no matter how you look at this, I, I think everybody has a part of it right at the very least. Does that make sense? Absolutely does. So thank you for being on with me today. I appreciate it, Paul. You got it, sir. Enjoy your trip. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, too. Um, so all you have to do is a request to join as a speaker here on Twitter spaces, and I will add you as a speaker. 
and we can talk. We can chat. We can have a conversation. We can have uh, a nice talk. We can have an argument. Whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want, we can do it. Jonathan is next up on the show. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you? I'm uh, doing better, having 24 hours to kind of detox from yesterday. Yeah, the old 24-hour uh, rule, Jonathan. You got to go with it. It sucks, but you got to go with it. It's always better. Exactly, exactly. So I've been struggling with what to think about all of this because on the one hand, I know that we were probably a little too optimistic with signing Johnny Goudreau that that would somehow you know drastically change the, the direction of the, the jacket they're going in. Um but, like, really, it's not a bad thing in my mind if they do struggle some this season, pick up one more good draft pick, and then really push next year. I think that's okay. But what concerns me is that the young guys might really risk learning the wrong lessons if they are getting just boat raced game after game after game. You know, I, I don't want to become a Buffalo locker room mentality type for years and years. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I do. I understand. <laughs> And, and part of part of what my concern is with this team is it doesn't look like they have a whole lot of fight along the board. It seems like they just are constantly losing the board battles. Is that is that something that you see as well as as a part of where what just bleeds out over the course of the game that starts it early and, and just keeps getting worse and worse? Yeah, I not just on the boards. I I think in these last three games you could make the argument it's happening just about everywhere, and and that's what's unacceptable about it, and that's what's driving everybody crazy, and it's also correctable, but. It's a player's thing. I mean, they've got to correct it. But, yes, yes, you're right. It's on the boards. It's Look, as, as things are changing here and, and things go along, you know, and you talked about adding Johnny Gaudreau. We were all optimistic about that. But I also said the defense had not changed. The faces were the same, and they were struggling last year. And you hoped that they developed and they were going to be better and we're still waiting for them to get a little bit better as a group, and I'm not hanging it all on the defenseman because there is responsibility for the forwards and the goaltender as well. Okay, so so don't don't take it the wrong way. I'm not blaming five or six guys uh, because it is a team thing. But that being said, you know you look at what other teams are doing to the Blue Jackets, and you talk about losing the battles on the boards. Um, how many teams are taking Johnny Gaudreau to the boards right now and and pinching him off and putting two guys on him immediately and stealing the puck away? Well, this week we saw that happen a lot. So teams are adjusting. They're watching what's going on. They're adjusting to it, and they are making it tough on the Blue Jackets. And and to a man, they've got to fight through it, and they've got to figure out a better way. And again, from a coaching standpoint, you can give them all the schematics you want to. You can lay out the plan all you want to, but it, you you don't play the game. They play the game. So they have got to get tougher in that regard, and yes, they're losing it on the boards. They're losing it in front of the net. They're losing it along the blue line, and sometimes even in the neutral zone. So it's a um, it, it's all over the place, Jonathan. But the boards, to answer your question, yes, they are losing those battles, and and they they've got to get better at them. They've got to get better at all of them, all over the ice. And then one other thing I wanted to ask: Are you seeing? I mean, I know Olivier was scratched um, for yesterday's game and stuff. Um, but from him and Good Branson, two guys specifically talked about to add toughness. Are you seeing out of them adding that element of the game? Take out, take out everything else out of the game. Do you feel like they are adding a toughness? Because it still seems like Elvis has gotten run a few times. You know, there, there still doesn't seem to be that kind of grit from anybody. And, I, and that's also somewhat concerning to me. 
Well, I, I will tell you this. Um, you know, sometimes Elvis gets run and neither of those guys is on the ice. And I get that and I understand that. But that being said, uh, and, I, and I'm not trying to single this guy out, but I, I have to use this example because this is exactly what happened this week. Um, Matthew Olivier played on Tuesday against Arizona. It was deemed that he didn't play well enough in that game, so he did not play against the Boston Bruins. He was a healthy scratch. He comes back into the lineup against the Devils, and you're getting beaten by a lot, and there were no fights in that game. Now, it's not that, uh, look, if you're New Jersey, you're not looking to fight. Uh, and I understand all of this, and I get it. And, and again, part of me has been in this game so long that I've seen it played a different way. And I've seen guys not ask permission of other players on other teams for fights. I've seen guys in the past just grab somebody and start going off on them because your team is losing by three or four. And I didn't see that yesterday. And I think Matthew Olivier is a great stand-up guy. I think that he is trying to do things the right way. Um, but I would have I would have been thrilled to see either him or Eric Branson just grab somebody, anybody, give me a body yesterday and start swinging on him. I, I would have been absolutely fine with that. I, I Look, and they're probably not going to win the game if they do that because I'm already talking about when it's probably a three-goal deficit. But to go through all of that and not see anything of that nature – is disturbing when you went out to get a couple of guys to specifically have those talents to use when and if you needed them. So I will say that to you. Um, and again, I'm sitting in the press box. I'm not the one that's going to be getting punched in the face. And I understand that that is an extremely hard job. I understand that sucks. I get it. But... It's also part of your skill set that has you here on this team. Matthew Olivier was not just picked up off the street as a free agent. He was acquired in a trade. The Blue Jackets gave up a fourth-round pick to get him. They gave up value in order to acquire his talents. Eric Goodbranson was signed as a free agent, and he was given $4 million a year. He was paid for his talents with an S, talents. It's not like either one of those guys can only fight. They can play the game. And they did play the game. But I'm with you. I also would have liked to seen one or both of them fight in that game, especially. CBJ and 30, live from Helsinki, Finland. That's where I am today. For those of you back in the eastern time zone of the United States. It's a little bit after 1 o'clock. And for me, it's a little bit after 7 o'clock at night. I want to bring Jordan in as the next guest on the show. Hello, Jordan. <laughs> Good to hear from you, Bob. Happy Halloween to everybody here tonight or today. Happy Halloween to you. <clears throat> I, I, Yeah, it is Halloween, right? The 31st. That is exactly. Today. All right. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I was I was reading about. Uh, did you actually read the tweet or the uh, Instagram post of what Elvis's wife talked about? You know, as a Jackets fan, I respect Elvis no matter what kind of goalie he is. He's 
he's terrific. And I, I think some of the fans just didn't, you know, they just didn't appreciate what he did on some of the games that I think everybody wanted to blame on Elvis every every game that he plays, and it's not, not him. I think it's our defense that's got to work more. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's everybody. It, it's, oh, it's everybody. I mean, he shares in it. And I didn't read the post. I don't – listen, I'm, I'm not – I know something happened. I didn't go and read it because, quite frankly, I'm, I'm, I don't care. I'm not living my life off social media. I don't know what happened. Right. I don't know – I don't know what was said, what was not said. I'm not picking – I'm not taking sides on any of it. But I will take this no, side. No, no, I got you. No, no, I will take this side. I mean <laughs> – Elvis, it, it, he shares responsibility. It's not all on him, but he does share responsibility with everybody right. else. So, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, you're good. You know, we're, we're a great team. And as, as I was saying, you know, everybody wants to, you know, focus on, you know, one game at a time. And I say, hey, it's early in the, early in the season, no matter what happens, we're still a good team, no matter whether they win or lose. It's, it's all about, you know, focusing on, you know, one one team at a time. You know, it's one game, you know, you just got to take one step at a time. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. And every game is not always going to be perfect. You, you know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. But, you know, that, and you and you can talk about, you know, one step at a time. And, and, and I get it, Jordan. I do. I really do. But it, it's going to be a process. It is a process. And it hasn't completely gelled yet. I, I, I get all of that. But. Those steps have to be going in a forward direction more times than not. In this week, this past week, they were all steps backwards. So that's the frustrating part about it. Um, you know, again, it's everybody. And Brad Larson said that last night. It's not one guy. It's not picking on Elvis. It's not picking on just the defenseman. It's everybody. Everybody is in on this thing. You're in. It's like a marriage, for better or worse. And right now, it's for the worse. So you got to figure out how to get it to the better. No doubt about that. So it is a shared responsibility. Troy, you are next up on the CBJ and 30, live from Helsinki, Finland. Hello, Troy. Hey, Bob. How's it going? <laughs> Good. Thanks. Okay, so I got I have a couple points that I want to bring up, and then I'll follow it up with a question. So I think everyone here consensusly can agree that these board battles are causing a lot of problems, but there's also a couple other things that I've noticed that I said before the season that are also rearing their ugly heads. So one thing is the neutral zone entries, which I had alluded to before the season, which I believe I think might be a result of not having a top six forward or a center specifically that doesn't really have that two-way forward upside to give these players a panic or a rush to make a bad decision. I feel like in a lot of these games, a thing that we've seen consistently is teams be able to enter their offensive zone with speed and set up very easily. So with that being said, I was wondering if you looking forward would favor looking externally to find potentially a center that can offer these intangible things to the team, like maybe kill penalties, or maybe even at even strength offer some help. So I was wondering if you're looking externally towards a player, maybe like 
not saying they're available, but like Ryan Hartman or Dylan Larkin or Elias Lindholm, top forwards that provide a lot defensively and energetically, or are you turning your head to the player development side with the young core group we have to try to develop the defensive side of skills for our young group of centers? Well, there's a lot in that, Troy. And um, well, I'm just going to be, you asked me a question, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. You're always looking to get better at that position. I, I think that's that's more than fair. I mean, this organization has been honest about the center position and about the need to upgrade at that position. Boone Jenner has moved from wing to center. He's done a fine job. Jack Roslovic up and down a little bit, uh, playing at the center position. Again, he was a guy in Winnipeg wasn't playing center. Cole Sillinger has had a rough start to the year, has had a quiet start to the year. Let me put it that way. Been very quiet, too quiet. And then you got Sean Corrali, who I have no beef with whatsoever. So, yeah, you you would look to the outside, but as you just said, the guys that you mentioned, they're not even available. And that's the thing about having good centermen. Teams just normally don't give them up. So you can talk about that all you want to, and, and maybe once in a while one will become available. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets had no idea Pierre-Luc Dubois was going to become available, and he did. So you don't, you can't count it completely out, but you can't expect it. I think at the center position, because it is such an important position and it's so coveted, that you do have to develop there. So the Blue Jackets are, are trying to do that with Roslevic and Sillinger. And again, I think Boone's fine. Boone is what he is. Boone's going to give you 100% no matter if he's on the wing or at center. It doesn't matter. You know, then your next question could be, rightfully so, then what about Kent Johnson? Is he really going to be a centerman? And if he is going to be a centerman, does he need to be playing on the wing here in Columbus or should he be in the American Hockey League playing center? Great question. But I, I think that position has got to be developed. I think it's just it because... Centermen, good centermen don't grow on trees. And they also don't become available in a trade very often. It's usually a draft and develop position. Again, Roslovic was acquired in a trade. And they've moved him to the middle of the ice. So it, it can happen, but also he needs to be more consistent. The top guys at that position are just simply unavailable. So how do you get them? You got to draft them. And you have to develop them. And and at some point, and I'm not saying it's 10 games in, but at some point you may have to look at your roster and you may have to say, okay, if this guy is going to be a centerman, maybe we need to get him somewhere where he can play the center position and he can do it for 20-plus minutes a night because that's the only way he's going to develop. Does that help you out, Troy? Yes, it does. And I... I agree with basically everything you're saying. And I feel like the part we're missing is I think Sean Corrali on the team offers so much. And it's probably, honestly, one of the most useful players for the team. And he's so great at uh, killing penalties and doing every all the hard work that no one wants to do. But the problem is, is he sadly just doesn't get enough time on ice and he plays on the fourth line, which he is amazing at playing his role. But like you said before, the players like Philip Deneau, the players like Ryan Hartman, these gritty centermen that torture these players on defense are just not available. And I think you're right. We do have to look to the player development side for this moving forward. 
Well, right. And in all fairness to what you're saying, because Sean Corrales is a good fourth-line center doesn't mean he has to be the fourth-line center. I think this team, as it stands right now, going into Friday, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen this week. There's practice tomorrow here in Helsinki. Wednesday's a day off. Thursday, the team travels to play in, uh, oh, for goodness sakes, I'm going to say it wrong again, uh, temporary, where they're going to play on Friday and Saturday. And and I know, I by the way, I can't say it wrong come the weekend, so i got to get this all ironed out. I understand. I get it. But they're going to go up there, and they're going to have a, a Thursday practice, and it's going to be an open-to-the-public practice on Thursday. And then they're, they've got games Friday and Saturday. I can't wait to see what they do because this team, to me, is at a point where you got to shake it up somehow. You have it, or I shouldn't say you have to. That's That's not fair. It's not that you have to. But as a coach, you have every right to shake it up in some way, shape, or form. However you want to do that, go ahead and do it. Do I think that just scratching a Matthew Olivier or uh, an Eric Robinson on the fourth line is going to be enough for that? I don't, and I doubt that they do. Does that mean that Sean Corrales is going to play on a third line, second line? Could, maybe, would send messages, wouldn't it? And it would also be a guy that's responsible and you can rely upon. So I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. I'll have a better idea tomorrow when uh, we see how they skate in practice. But I think this team is at the point where, again, anything to me, everything's on the table. Everything. If you don't think there are guys that are pulling their weight, then take away their ice time. Drop them in the lineup. Scratch them from the lineup. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you have to do. And unfortunately, for this team right now, there are many guys that have put themselves on that list. So if I'm Brad Larson and I'm looking at it, I see numerous options for what I can do to get the attention of my team. Numerous. So I want to see what they do this week. Erwin, you're up next on this CBJ30 live from Helsinki, Finland. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, nice to talk to you today. I'm glad you took the time to do this. I know that long flight and probably you really haven't been in town that long. It's probably you're probably looking forward to going to bed tonight. Erwin, Erwin, let me let me tell you something, Erwin. Like we were on a we were on a big plane that the NHL chartered and and our, our seats would totally recline so we can lay down. And and I normally, I can't sleep on a plane like on a regular plane where you have to sit up. So I, I was hopeful that I would be in good shape on this one. And um, I was watching some shows that I had downloaded, and I started to fall asleep while I was watching them. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to shut this off, and I'm going to put the seat down so that I can stretch out. And I was falling asleep while I was watching the shows. As soon as I got the thing situated into what should have been a comfortable bed, I couldn't fall asleep at all. So I'm running on fumes today, and um, but I'm, I'm happy to be here, and it's all good, and I'm glad we're here. It's a great experience for everybody involved. It's a great life experience. So if I do sound a little bit uh, testy or on edge tonight, it might be that lack of sleep. So I just want to – you brought it up, so I just wanted to warn you. You're the first one to be warned. How's that? Yeah, I feel I feel honored. <laughs> uh, I, I think now, 
I, I'm going to be honest. I'm a full season ticket holder. You know, I sit right there in section 103 in back of the bench. Irregardless of how this season turns out, I will be back next year. Uh, I'm not as upset as some people are because I remember about 17 months ago, 18 months ago at the end of the uh, 2021 season, and this team was really in disarray. And I feel good about how much they have done in very little time to help this team going forward because I heard an interview with Steve Eiserman, and he said in order to rebuild the team and do it right, it takes about seven years. And considering he did it in Tampa and he's doing it in Detroit, he should know. But I think people like Yarmo and the scouting department, the management, they've done a very good job, especially in the draft, of finding talent, especially finding value in the late rounds. And I think another thing they'll get credit for is some of the really good players that they have picked up as undrafted players, people like Eric Robertson and Dan Forth, and not just Blankenberg, but they also found Jonathan Marcheseau. So I feel like the people in question here know what they are doing. So I'm not worried in that sense. When I watch the game, though, I am a little bit troubled by the fact that they just don't take the puck to the net. And yesterday was a good example. When I looked at the shot chart, New Jersey had 44 shots in front of our net. We had five in front of theirs for the entire game. The last time I saw anybody take it there really was uh, Booth had it there in New York City a week ago, and Trooper put him on his rear end. Now, I don't know if the players don't like that thought or what's going on, but I mean, these guys are professional hockey players. You've got to figure if you want to score goals, you've got to take the puck to the net. You can only launch 40 and 50-foot shots for so long. Yeah, oh, I agree with you on that. And, and here's what compounded that problem for me yesterday, Irwin, is that I thought Vitek Vanacek stunk. And, Agreed. And, and, and we never even got to see if he stunk or not because they didn't get enough pucks on him. But I'll tell you this. There were pucks that they shot on him that the saves looked like they, they weren't good. Like, he was he was there to be had yesterday, and they didn't get the puck on him enough to take advantage of that. You know, it's really easy to look and say, well, Elvis did this, and Elvis gave up seven goals, and Elvis blah, 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 whatever you want to say. The other guy I thought was in the same boat, but we didn't get to see it because he was never exposed because there weren't enough pucks taken to the net, as you just described. I think part of that is because you just don't have that elite center to get in there and harass the I, other I, team's goal. I, I think that I think that's part of it. And and again, we just talked about centermen, and and I get it, and I understand. Right. But you're not going to go, you're not going to go find one tomorrow. It's just a fact. Okay, no, you're not. You're not. So, but here's the other thing. I don't understand. And again, where I sit. It looks so much easier. Why are you trying to get these perfect goals? Why are you trying to make the highlights on every goal that you score? You're allowed to throw it on the goalie, and when he can't handle the rebound because he's just not good, and you stuff it back between his pads, or you chip it up over his ear, or you put it by his glove, or you stick it by his blocker pad, they all count. You don't have to have Johnny Gaudreau to Zach Wierenski to uh, Patrick Line to one-time it for a beautiful highlight goal. And I'm just picking on them because they're the most, you know, talented, uh, high-profile line. You don't need that. Just jam it in. I don't care how you put it in. And that's, that, that's frustrating at times. Am I right? Oh, you're right. I want to say one other thing. I noticed last year when Justin Danforth got hurt at Christmas time and he went out of the lineup for six weeks, 
They really missed him. I like the way he chases down loose pucks, fights for him along the half wall behind the net, and all of a sudden their puck possession time went way down, and they started getting blown out of games. They were losing 8-4, to 6 nothing, 7-2, 9-2. And as soon as he came back into the lineup, which was at the All-Star break, they had the six-game road trip, and they immediately won five out of six. Now, I'm not saying he is the reason why, but I think when he is not there, they really miss him. And when he went out after the first period of the Pittsburgh game, all of a sudden they became a radically different team, playing a radically different game. And I really haven't seen them be that team since in the last week. So the Rangers game, I guess, is the exception that strengthens the hypothesis. But I don't think the average fan right now realizes just how important Justin Danforth is to this team. I agree with you. And that Ranger game, by the way, they played well. I don't want to take away from the Blue Jackets. They did. They played well. But Yaroslav Halak started in goal, and he sucked. The first two goals shouldn't have gone in. He should have stopped them both. He didn't, and that was the downfall of the New York Rangers on that particular day. But you're making a great point about Justin Danforth, and look, you're you're absolutely right in what you said. It's not like you're you're losing a, a Hart Trophy candidate, right, for the MVP of the league. You're, you're not. But what you're losing is heart and soul. You're losing a guy that is a spark plug. And another guy that's a spark plug that they don't have in their lineup right now is Nick Blankenberg. And it is very obvious. Now, I will also tell you that it shouldn't be that big of a drop-off, no offense to either of those two guys. But the guys that are there and the amount of talent that is still in the lineup, they should be more consistent than they have been in the last three games. But... It is, uh, Brad Larson said this last night, it is the ultimate team sport. And when you don't have those energy guys like Justin Danforth, like Nick Blankenberg, it's going to change your team's identity a bit. And um, and look, Danforth's out for a long time. Blankenberg's day-to-day. He could come back in on Friday, and that would be fine. But Danforth's out for long term. So don't wait for him to come back. Somebody else has to step up and fill the role. Somebody else has to do something because he's not going to show up on Friday night here in Finland and all of a sudden say, I'm ready to play. It's not going to happen. So he is important. You're right. He is important. Yes, they do miss him, but they got to be able to overcome losing a third-line energy winger. Yeah, I'll say this and go. The bottom line, I think they've just got to start playing together, better together. As Thank you. That's going to fix this. Dead on. Thank you, Erwin. Appreciate it, as always. All right, if you want to be with me here on this uh, live CBJ and 30 from Helsinki, Finland, all you have to do is uh, request to be a speaker on Twitter Spaces. He nailed it. It is together. And maybe you don't want to hear it. Maybe you think that there's some other solution. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's not. It is a together thing. Let me go to my email, bobbymack at bluejackets.com. Lamar Holland says, if you were in charge of the Blue Jackets in every way, what changes would you make to right the ship? Lamar, (laughs) I mean, it's – I just answered the question, quite frankly. What would I do? I would put it back on the players because it is up to them. It is up to them. They have got to – figure this thing out as a group. 
And I think they will. And what you hope is that it's not a long time from now. You hope that it's coming up on Friday and Saturday. And, yes, I know it's tough. I know the the competition you're playing. I know you're playing the defending Stanley Cup champions. I, I get it. I don't care. This is all about finding a way to take care of yourselves and get the job done. Very simple. It's Well, I, it's simple to say. It's not simple to do. But they, if I could change anything, I would just try to change the, uh, I was going to say the attitude. I, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. You know, change the mindset. Let's not worry about who's not here. Let's worry about who's here, and and let's worry about doing the things that we need to do. Let's worry about our identity, which has kind of disappeared here over the last couple of games. Let's worry about our identity. Let's worry about who we are as individuals and who we are as a team. Because that's what's going to make the difference. Getting rid of somebody here or somebody there or changing this or changing that, it's not necessarily going to make a difference. Players play the game. And the players are the ones that are going to have to figure it out. And I know they're talking about it. I know when I stood outside that room last night and waited forever for that door to open that they're talking about it. And they should be talking about it. And they are talking about it. And I hope that coming over here and playing in Finland and having these five days is something that works out really good for this team. I hope it does. But it's really up to them. You can ask me what I would change. Oh, if you were the almighty, if you had if you had Aladdin's lamp and you could just get three wishes, what could you do to fix it? I, there's no magical fix. There's no magical fix. I appreciate the question, but there's no... You can't snap your fingers and make this kind of stuff go away. Don't make it go away. They just got to figure out exactly how they want to do it. And they've got to do it. <laughs> they have to do it soon. It's early in the season, but it can get late early, as the saying goes. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Lauren has sent me this email. Let's hear from Lauren. Hey, Bobby Mack. It's Lauren from Florida. Today I have two questions for you. Number one... When you went to Seattle and came back and gave us the whole recap of the trip and how great it was and what you thought of the city, you did such a phenomenal job. So I would really love to hear what you think of Finland so far. My other question is, do you think there's merit to the fact that there are so many new faces on this team that it's not the coach's fault, it's not their fault, they just need time to gel? I mean, yeah, they all have room to improve, but they really don't know each other super well and haven't played with each other super long. And I guess I do have a third question. I'm really interested, did Corpy get to make this trip? Is he on the mend enough to maybe play soon? Because I really missed watching him play, and I really hope he gets a second chance at the All-Stars because I'm still so bummed for him that that didn't work out. All right, thank you so much, Bob, and enjoy your trip in Europe. Thank you very much, Lauren. Appreciate that. Uh... Um, I didn't know I did such a good job of describing Seattle last year, so I guess I did. Um, as far as Helsinki, I mean, we got in here today about uh, local time was, what was it, 11.30 or something, and then uh, we had to wait for the bags uh, that were checked to come from the airport, and um, 
and then we went out. A bunch of us went out, went out and took a walk this afternoon, and uh, and it's great. I mean, it's it it's it's Europe. I mean, it's uh, it's a great city with a lot of cobblestone streets, which sucks to walk on, quite frankly. But uh, <laughs> but it's but it's beautiful, and uh, we went out by the water and took some pictures and walked around the streets and went to a coffee shop and. Um, I, I mean, you can't, you can barely turn around here without running into a coffee shop. It's crazy how many they have. And, uh, I understand they're, that they're all good. And I might test them all out before we go, uh, out of here on, on Thursday. So I don't know, but it's, um, you know, it's great. As, as I just said to Irwin a couple of minutes ago, I'm exhausted and I, you know, I, I wish I would have slept more and I didn't, but, um, but uh, to get out here today, the sun was shining when we got here. It's not out for very long, I'll tell you that. But it was shining. We got to go out and uh, get uh, get that brisk finish air, breathe that in. So uh, that was good. But no, it's been it's it's fine so far. And I am uh, again, as I said earlier, I'm, <laughs> I'm extremely privileged just to be here and to do this. And I think everybody's going to have a good time with this. I really do. And. Uh, so that's my my quick thing on on Helsinki. Corpusalo played in Syracuse on Saturday night. Played really well for the Cleveland Monsters against the Syracuse Crunch, and he got the win in that game. And he came back yesterday and was uh, on the plane last night to come here to Finland. A, a, a legit question is: Will he get a chance to play in one of these two games? I think the answer is yes. I haven't asked anybody. I'm speculating. I'm spitballing, as they say. I think he'll get a chance to play. I would like to see him play. Um, you know, the last couple of games have been kind of up and down with the goaltenders. And prior to yesterday's game, um, with Tarasov started one, and Elvis had to come in and relieve him. And then Elvis started one, and Tarasov had to come in and relieve him. And then Elvis played all day yesterday. So... I would uh, I, I would like to see him play. I would like to see him play in his home country. And I know he would like to play in his home country. And that's why it was important to him to get down there to the American League and play a game. And as I said, he played really well. He had over 40 saves in that game. He played well. And the important thing, the most important thing is after the game was over, he said that he felt great. Had a chance to catch up and talk with him yesterday for a little bit. And, um, you know, he, he seems like he's in great spirits. And he is in very good physical shape now. So I am extremely happy for Jonas Corposalo. Uh I can't wait for him to get back into the net. And that's not because I don't want to see somebody else. Don't take that the wrong way. Uh, you know, if you've listened to me for a long time, you know the respect that I have for Jonas Corposalo as a person and as a goaltender. And uh, I would like to see him have the honor of playing in his home country at some point this weekend while the Blue Jackets are here to take on the Colorado Avalanche. All right, back to the emails. See uh, what I have next. Bob, it's Joe from Cleveland. I don't know what to say, Bob. I've, I've waited a few days, tried to do your suggestion and not uh, flying off the cuff right away, but it just seems to get worse. This team sucks right now. They're awful in every aspect of their game. This team looks like 
the Washington Generals playing against the Globetrotters every night. They've had pretty much one good game. I think that New York game is the only one that I saw that was even worth anything. I don't even know how they pulled that one off. But uh, I'm getting a hold of you today because I want you to give me some optimism. I, uh, I'm i finding it real easy to cancel my cable today, which I'm going to do, because the only thing I watch on cable is sports. And if this is what we're going to be seeing this winter, I'm not spending the extra money on it. So, I mean, I watched that uh, Arizona game, and they had five guys on a power play against Arizona's four guys and can't get past the blue line. It's bad, Bob. And they haven't scored a single goal on power play. Thanks for letting me vent. But honestly, give me something, something good about this team right now. Because I can't see anything. Have a safe trip. See you when you get back. Well, that is, uh, yeah, that's total frustration right there. Isn't it? Uh, if I could still use regular songs, I would do it right here. And I, and I would have just come out of that entire diatribe with that song, Tell Me Something Good. That's what I would have done. But I can't do that. I can't do that anymore. You know, copyright stuff. So, Joe, listen. Like, it's <laughs> canceling your cable Everybody's canceling their cable. Do you even need that anymore? You can just stream that stuff. You don't need to cancel that. Uh, yeah. Again, you're frustrated. I get it. I get it. I understand. We're all frustrated. The players are frustrated. Zone entry. Is it an issue? Yes, it is. Does it need to be corrected? Yes, it does. Is it on a long list of things that need to be fixed? Yes, it is. Sometimes I, I don't want to promise you anything. I really don't because I know the the magnitude of what's going on here. I, I understand this trip is daunting in some ways. You know, making the flight over here. You've got to play the defending Stanley Cup champions. you got to do it in back-to-back games. I understand it. A lot of things are daunting about this trip. Daunting, I say. They are. But listen, I've also been in this game long enough that I've I've seen teams come on trips like this and things just click. You know, they spend time around each other. This home schedule or the the overall schedule at the beginning of the season is very home laden. A lot of home games. A lot of them. A lot of the road games are later in the year. Why does that matter, Bob? Well, I'll tell you why it matters. Because when you're looking to develop chemistry, and some of you have already said that as we've gone on here, sometimes you just need a trip. Sometimes you just need everybody together without any... uh, Just get get off the grid. And spend time with your teammates. 
no distractions, nothing else. Spend time with your teammates. And that's why a trip like this, Joe, can be very good. You do have to play the defending Stanley Cup champs. I get it. I understand. On paper, you've already lost them. But they don't play the games on paper. They didn't play the games on paper last year either. Remember these two teams played back-to-back games? Not in the same day. There was one day in between. But that's the way the schedule was set up. Why? Because this trip was supposed to happen last year. And it didn't because there were still the COVID restrictions. So the schedule was already made. And I think they played, what, a Thursday, Saturday, or whatever it was, started in Colorado, and then came back to Nationwide Arena and played. And the Blue Jackets won both of those games. And even last year, in the state that this team was in, would you have predicted that they would have won both of those games? Let me answer for you. No, you wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. So I know you wouldn't have. But they did do it. And, you know, it's kind of funny the way life works, the way things work is that you could have more confidence against one team than another team. For those that were here last year and those that remember beating this team two times last year and then watching them go on to win the Stanley Cup, for those players that beat them twice last year, I'm sure the mindset is, oh, yeah, we can do this. And and they're going to give it a heck of a shot. What can I tell you that's good, Joe? Look, the players on this team, they're good players. They have great talent. They're very good people. They've got to put those two things together and make it work. And I'm I'm very, very hopeful, very, very hopeful that this trip is going to provide that opportunity for them to get all the distractions out of their lives. Anything that might be distracting them from playing hockey, I hope that as a man, it uh, gets out of their minds and they can just go to work. That's what I'm hopeful of. So I know that's not, you know, I I know you, you're looking for something specific, but that's what I'm going to give you right now. And I will tell you this, should they win both of those games, when I do this show again next week, I am going to be arrogant as can be. Because I was right. I know. If is a big word, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I know it is. Let's go to another question. Hey, Bobby. Uh, Adam here from Denver, Colorado. Been a little while since I sent in a question, but still been listening. Anyhow, I feel like a lot of people will have this same question, but um, you know, I'd like to know what, what you're thinking, what's going on with the Jackets. I haven't been able to watch a lot of games, you know, being from out of town, but... Uh, is it like a coaching problem? Is the guy's not buying into the system? Uh, I know the power play has been pretty brutal. Uh, what's your thoughts on all that? Like, can you do you have a breakdown of what you see is going wrong on the ice? Uh, like to know, like to know what your, what your thoughts are. And they're playing, you know, the Avalanche here in my home hometown team now, over in Finland. So that'll be fun to watch. But uh, yeah, just a little confusing. You know, I, I look at the forward lines and. Looks like we have some potential for some good scoring. And, uh, you know, last game we scored one goal and game against that or a game before that against the Bruins is scored zero. So I'd like to hear your thoughts. Thanks. All right. Well, um, I've already covered a lot of it by now, but um, 
it's hard to score goals in this league. It really is. Last year, they made it look easy, but they were also giving up a ton of goals. This year, they're giving up a bunch of goals, and they're not scoring goals. It's not an easy thing to do in this league, and and sometimes you have to wait for that chemistry to really manifest itself, and you're impatient about it, and I'm impatient about it. And this, you know, Johnny Gaudreau signs, and we're all guilty of this too. And if you say you're not guilty of it, come on. Come on, man. I'm guilty of it. Like, you think that fixes all the world's problems. It doesn't because it is a team sport. And there are just players that have to be better about the way that they play. Entering the zone. They've got to figure out something else. If you you can't get across that blue line when you're on the power play, when you're on the power play, if you can't figure it out, you have to come up with a different zone entry. And that doesn't always have to be a coach, by the way. If a player has a good idea, they'll use the good idea. So anyway, I don't know. I I, I hope that helps. And and I know, again, I know it's frustrating. It's frustrating for every single one of us. It drives us all crazy. I get it. I get it. I know. Uh, what else do I have? Sieb says, uh, just for fun, how do you think John Tortorella would have approached this team as it is today? Uh, not much different than Brad Larson, honestly. He would have yelled more. He would have let you know more that he yelled. But I, I've said this. I've said this about Brad Larson as a coach before, and I'll say it again. Not a lot has changed. The tone may be different, but the message and the approach is still the same. So, I don't... And again, how do I think Torts would react? I I don't care. And, of course, I don't say I don't care because I don't like John Tortorella. You know I do. But, you know, it doesn't matter. He's not... He's not the coach, and he's not coming back to be the coach. He's... Coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. So, um, yeah, so there. Uh, let me see. Well, I'm, I'm just going to group a lot of stuff in here, all right, because I'm, I'm scrolling through all this stuff. And somebody asked me where – trying to do a lot of stuff here at the same time. But I know somebody had asked me about – You know, do you think a coaching change makes that big of a difference? Listen, I'm going to say this to you, and you might not want to hear it, but I'm going to say it to you because it's the truth. Making a change at that position is going to change nothing right now. Nothing. This is, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a player problem. It's not a coach problem. Are there things that the coach can do to try to get more out of the players? Yes. Do I think he'll do that? Of course I do. No doubt he's going to do that. But this isn't about, you know, somebody said to me, oh, this feels like when Todd Richards was here. This is nothing like the Todd Richards thing. Let me go back and remind you about what led to the firing of Todd Richards. The team had been in the playoffs under Todd, okay? It had gotten there, it had gotten to the playoffs, and, and then got knocked out in the first round. But... One thing that was happening every year was there was a slow start, and and the team was always digging a hole 
and then having to try to climb out of that hole. Yeah, like they're doing this year. Before you even say it, I'll say it for you. But it's after you had been in the playoffs. It's when you thought that you were going to have to make a push. And then it deemed to be time for a change. And I said this then, and I'll say it now. Changing coaches in this league is is cyclical. So if you were to make a change, who are you going to bring in? And when Todd Richards was here, he was very much a player's coach. That was no longer working, so you were going to go get the guy that was not the player's coach, not the players, didn't worry about making the players happy, just wanted the players to play hard and have accountability, and that was John Tortorella. Two different styles. When one style had gotten to its end and the end of the cycle was running, it was time to change to a different style. This isn't about style. I mean, who who are you going to go get? You think you're going to go get somebody that all of a sudden is going to have this team vault into the uh, top one of the top two spots in the division? I don't. I don't. Because it's a player thing. Is Brad Larson going to be the head coach here for 10, 15 years? I, I don't know. How do I know? I don't know. But... You know, if if you come back two years from now and your team's more experienced and your young players have, or they're now pushing and they're getting you into the playoffs and, and you're struggling there, do you make a change then? Yeah, maybe, but not now. This is just not, for anybody that thinks you should change the general manager or the coach right now, I'm sorry. That's not going to fix your problems. You can, you can make it a quick fix in your brain, you can say this is what needs to happen, and you can believe it all you want, but I'm just telling you, that's not the way that this is to be approached, and I don't believe it is the way it's going to be approached. I don't think anybody's going to go, uh, hey, you know what, we really need to to change this. At this point in time, as I sit here and talk to you, I don't see it, and for numerous reasons, I don't see it. So. Sorry if I disappointed you, but it's just a fact of the matter. There are 20 guys every night that dress for the Blue Jackets. And there there are 20 guys that need to improve their game. They got to get better. No ands, ifs, or buts. They have just got to get better. Speaking of getting better... I'm going to get better. Not not that I'm sick or anything. I'm going to get better because we're going to do more programming from here in Finland. Coming up on Wednesday night, Jody Shelley and I will bring you the inside edge on the flagship station of the Blue Jackets Radio Network 97.1, The Fan. And we will be joined by the hometown boy himself, Patrick Laine, will be on the show with us to talk about returning to Finland to play in front of friends and family, to bring the National Hockey League to his town, literally to his hometown, for just a couple of days. We'll talk with Patrick Laine about that on Wednesday night. Also uh, on Wednesday, leading into that uh, show, it's going to be uh, the uh, Safe Light Skate Space with Dylan Tyre and Jeff Sabota. 
So you can look for that right here on Twitter Spaces. And then, of course, the games in Finland on Friday and Saturday. Both of those will start at 2 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time. And I hope that you will join Dylan Tyre and I for those games that we will bring to you live 2 o'clock in the afternoon, your time back in Columbus. I got time for one more live participant on this CBJ and 30 from Helsinki, Finland. And the lucky winner of that is Dan. So, Dan, unmute and join me on this uh, live from Helsinki, Finland edition of CBJ and 30. Hi, Dan. Hi, Bobby. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on, and thanks for all you do for us as fans. Um, I just I, I couldn't agree with you more about about uh, the coaching, you know, all the madness about changing coaches and what that's going to change. The, the one area, and I hope I didn't miss this earlier because I couldn't get on earlier, but one area that I think is desperate need is, and, and it worries me, is you got two leaders this team, uh, Boone Jenner and, and Zach Marinsky, who are the same kind of personality type. They're laid back, they're uh, players' guys, you know, they want to be one of the guys. And it seems like at this kind of time, you know, if somebody has to hold some people accountable, and I don't count Nyquist in there because I think he's temporary. I don't think he's going to be here long term. Uh, but those two guys, you know, somebody's got to step up, don't they? <laughs> when you say step up, and, I, and I'm not picking on you, Dan. I just, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you want them to come out in the media and just – no, lambaster their teammates, or what? So, so when you say step no. up, define step up for me. I mean, hold each other accountable. Who's holding who accountable in that room? And do they even have the personality type to do that? And I, I just think you have to have a little bit of edge to you. And I just don't know. So you don't think uh, Boone I mean, Jenner do you has? Either? You don't. You don't think Boone Jenner has edge? No, I think he has edge on the ice. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But that's. Know, that, but, of, yeah. But that's what we're talking about here. I'm talking about the locker room. Yeah, well, that's not what I'm. I'm talking about leadership. I'm talking about when you're in a company, right? You're in a corporation. You need people to step up. Sometimes you got to have the hard conversations with people. That's different than going into the boards hard and playing hard and everything else. I'm just asking: Do either of those guys have the tool set and and even desire to to you know get get in front of somebody one on one? And not in front of everybody, but get in front of somebody one-on-one and say, hey, you got to step it up. And do you think that's happening? It's really all I'm asking. Oh, well, okay. I, yeah, I do. It, because here's what I think about both of those guys. That the way that they're going to portray themselves in front of a camera and the way that they're going to handle things beyond playing. And, and again, you just talked about this. With Boone, I mean, Boone lays it out there when he plays. And so that's that's that that's the first part where you get respect as a teammate, but um, because we are not privy to every conversation doesn't mean that. And just because they come across as nice guys when you watch or listen to their interviews doesn't mean that they're always nice guys. And I don't think either one is a jerk about it. But I think when Boone Jenner comes to you, it could be it could be the most calm conversation. Just like you hear him speak when, when he does speak to me or to Jody or to Jeff or whoever else. But when he's coming to you one-on-one, and I know he is, then you 
you got to pay attention to that. And it doesn't have to be a, a yelling and screaming thing, you know. I He has respect based on the way he plays. And I do, this is a long answer to your question, but even though you don't see it, doesn't mean that it's not happening because I do think it is happening. I do. And I, th- th- those guys just, they're never going to drag it into the public. They're never, they, they don't need you to see them standing in front of a camera mad or saying something like, you know, they're, they're just not that way. They're going to handle it their yeah. own way. You know, that you well, are, it, it, you, yeah, yes. And, and I do think it is. I mean, sure, there are times, it reminds me of, you know, back when I was in Syracuse in the American Hockey League and Joe Torre was managing the Yankees and they were always good. And, and I always used to listen to people complain all the time, all the Yankees fans there about, this guy, he doesn't get fiery enough. He doesn't yell. He doesn't. He didn't need to. Okay, and I think that's kind of like where these guys are. Whatever they do, they don't need to drag it into the public. They don't need to put on a show for you or me. They're going to take care of things based on the way they play and the respect that they have. And, and and to me, you know, Boone really has it. And he is the captain. And I'm sure he's having conversations with guys. And, and he's never going to tell you. He's never going to come yeah, out no. and tell you. Not one bit. Nor, nor should he. Yeah, no, he should. No, I agree with that. I was just getting your opinion on does yeah. you know does he? You feel like he's got? I do. He's got that in him. I do, and I and, and, and here's what I I do, and here's what I like about Boone because Boone is as the game has changed and as the players have changed, Boone Jenner came along at a time where and he came along at a time, and then he was with Nick Foligno for a long time, where he, I think he's a hybrid guy. I I, I think he's an old school guy who understands the new school that is going on right now too. You know what I mean? So Yeah, good. I think he channel yeah. I think he channels that really well and and what he does good. and what he says to his teammates. Uh, I I think he's he's one of those tweener guys. I mean, he he knows how it was and he was a part of how it was to a small extent and he knows how it is and he knows that you got to bridge those two things together. So I, I think especially with him, and, I, and I'm, I'm not saying that Zach isn't like that. I, I'm just saying Boone, look, I like them both as players, but Boone Jenner, heart and soul, heart on a sleeve, um, not in an interview, but when he gets a stick in the hands and he climbs over the boards and he steps on the ice, and, and uh, his teammates respect that out of him. They see him as a good leader, and he doesn't care if you know – what's going on behind the scenes because that's none of your business. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I appreciate the, appreciate the time and you, and you have a very good point. Uh, we don't see what goes on behind the, behind the locker room doors. That's why you're know, kind of asking you, you're a lot closer than we are. Yeah. And I, and, um, and, and I don't see it all, Dan. And they need I, help. Yeah. I, I don't see it all. I mean, I see some, I know I just, I get to see them in, in different situations and around different people and um, and just how they carry themselves. So that's why I'm very, very confident in telling you that um, this stuff is going on. It's just uh, those two guys in particular, they're such pros that um, they're, they're never going to, whatever they're going to say, if they have a beef with somebody or if there's something that needs to be addressed, it will be addressed by them, and it's not going to come out and, and be – 
it's not going to be for everybody to see. It's just how they are. Yeah, no, yeah, like you said, nor should it be. So, yeah. thank you for the thank you for the time. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, so that's uh, that's it. That's a good place to end, right? Yeah. Why not end right there? Absolutely. So again, the Blue Jackets have practice tomorrow, and uh, then an off day on Wednesday. Will they all get a chance to really enjoy what's going on here in Helsinki? And then the games on Friday and Saturday against the Colorado Avalanche, uh, those games getting underway at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time. Dylan Tyre is here with me, actually, and we will have it for you on the Blue Jackets radio network. Our pregame coverage starts at 1.30 both of those days. Uh, Jeff Rimmer and Jody Shelley have got the coverage over on Bally Sports Ohio. So we've got it covered from all angles. We absolutely do. And I've got to sleep at some point. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know how it's going to be. I just, at some point, at some point I got to do it. I don't have a, don't have a choice. By the way, I know somebody, uh, I think it was, I, I want to check and see here. Uh, somebody expected to hear this show in fluent finish tonight. And uh, I, I can't do it can't do it yeah union and blue had tweeted me we expect this to be broadcast in fluent finnish well it was in english but it is finished right now so i, I don't know what that counts for but uh, <laughs> but at least you could understand me and i could understand you how's that oh my goodness day one in finland and again it feels like day three because a trip to new york on saturday Quickly led into an afternoon game on Sunday and then a long overnight flight here to Helsinki. But Blue Jackets are here getting ready to take on the Colorado Avalanche in back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Until the Inside Edge on Wednesday, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.